Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. Hey, I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening to all y'all people out there? Guess what? We've been picking up bucks. We've been picking up cameras. We've been just doing all kinds of picking up. <laughs> Except for my house, it's a mess, but that's okay because that's the way it goes. Right, Tyler? Yeah, I've been picking up tomatoes. <laughs> Ooh, off the mm. ground? They Like, are they that ripe? They just fall off that's and you it, eat them? That's it, man. They fall into my hand. I just ah. hold my hand underneath and it knows. That's the electromagnetic cool. force just brings it down into my hand. <laughs> the are force. You, are you uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Star Wars before this, but I thought you were just getting all technical because we had to have a technical podcast up in here. Mm, I'm I'm the most technical. <laughs> Not really. Uh, that's actually kind of the cool part about what we're going to do. We're going to talk to uh, Isaac Smith, who is my brother from uh, Vector Arrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vector Custom Shop, actually. That's what you need to look for uh, because Vector Arrows, Vector is a type of arrow. Uh, it's geometric Shape. So uh, if you just Google Vector, it's going to come up with arrows, but not the kind you shoot deer with. Mm-hmm. So they did it on purpose, but you got to go to Vector Custom Shop to find their arrows. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, we're going to talk to Isaac some about just hunting and hunting in Wisconsin and other stuff he's done and talk a little bit about Vector and some of the cool stuff they have going on over there because they really, this is and this is why we're shooting them this year. You know, we kind of made a change. Uh, we like heavy duty, uh, durable arrows that are hard hitting. Uh, and Vector has that, and then they also like have like a custom ability. Is that the right way to say that? I think so. I'm this Friday afternoon, y'all, and my tongue is just, <laughs> it's kind of lazy. Digging in tongues. Yeah. So um, they got a customization. Very, yeah, they're very customizable and um, just easy to find the right thing for you. But we'll let Isaac tell you more about that. But uh, before then, we have some stuff. That we need to tell y'all about because mm. it's good. Mm. Actually, it's real good. Tyler and I just went to the taxidermist today, and we picked up the last two deer from the taxidermist, which is my Kansas buck and your Texas private buck from your property, and they are giants. They are. They're huge. Why did you shoot an elephant last year? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why did you shoot an animal that has a whole rocking chair on top of its head? <laughs> <laughs> for real. Dude, uh, you needed all your FOC for that. For real. FEC. Goodness. No, sir. You don't need FEC. Don't ever talk about them again. <laughs> Paint's coming off my walls in this house. I don't mean to. By the way, this is the first time we've podcasted in the new house. How about that, dude? Yeah, yeah we're not truck casting today. We're in a new house. There's deer stuff everywhere, dude. Mm. This is just a good day. It is. But uh, we, uh, we're going to do some deer hanging. We uh, we took some pictures. we got some hunt breakdowns that are going to come out from these deer. Actually, we've been talking about this for a while, but you're going to have a pretty cinematic series that comes out about your deer with a hunt breakdown following that. But I would imagine my hunt breakdown will be out pretty soon. Um how soon we're unsure, but um, what's the there's so we just released a podcast video on YouTube. Go listen to that if you haven't. It's Jesse Griffith's podcast. But before that, there was a pretty cool one that we put out. What was is it? Uh, is it a hunt breakdown or uh, oh no, the I pig think it video. Was, uh, we did pig video, but the one I'm thinking about is the four biggest public land. Uh, yeah, bucks. top yeah. four biggest. Y'all need to go watch that because. It's pretty cool. It's pretty hot. It is pretty hot. <laughs> we cut all the we cut all the the fluff out, man, and it's just it's just uh, pretty quick 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 hunts, you know. Yeah. And so, if you're that kind of guy that likes it, that kind of stuff, kind of the high overview of it, then it's on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your your Kansas hunt breakdown will come back pretty soon. I think. Uh, I think. Let's see. If you're listening to this before like Monday the fifth. Um, then Monday the 5th, I think we've got a hunt breakdown coming out from Kansas as well, but Sweet. no dead deer, just really close encounters. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, that, that one will come out. So I also am kind of trying to think and look at soon to see if I can put anything together from Cabo. Um, we need to get <clears throat> some picks for that out. Yeah, uh, I don't do. know if you got any of them in the drive or not. I think I looked the other day and couldn't find one, but I think I sent the drive to the group okay yeah so uh, yeah we got it because there's some sick stuff from that we uh actually uh i guess you have a new lens right that's that's your lens mm, i guess that, i mean yeah i can't remember who bought what when where but we got a new camera and a new lens and all kinds of new lenses anyways production's cool right now yeah. and there's some cool fish pictures yeah there's also some cool deer pictures about to happen because uh we've been talking about this stuff for a while but we finally got our Moultrie Delta cell cams mm-hmm. in the mail uh, and uh, actually got those a while back, not a while, uh, while we were on vacation. But today was like our work day to get them all kind of going. And we got the app set up, kind of. We're kind of still playing with it, messing with it, because we want to make sure that we know exactly what we're doing and can kind of share all that stuff with you all. And we probably will do that pretty soon. But um, it's pretty cool to have... A inexpensive cell camera that seems to work pretty good. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to get these things out. Um, I might carry that one home and yeah. uh, put it on my fence post back there on my corn. You might need to take the other one and stick it out there and see if there's any piggies coming probably up. probably should, man. I don't see any right now. It'd be so, cool to uh, just go back there and shoot pigs when they're out. Oh, I know. We could sit <laughs> up here. So you can turn this thing to like the instant. As soon as it takes a picture, it sends it to you. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, but... They haven't outlawed them yet. No, they, outlawed they won't yet. outlaw them I in Texas. Won't use that for deer just because it's it's actually not that handy uh, if you're hunting public land like we're going to be doing most of the time with these things. I don't see any pigs, Tyler. What but, if you uh, uh, What if you could get um, you could put them on public land and then as somebody's stealing it, you know, and so you go out there and catch them. Oh man, confront them, confront them on public land. Dang, we could just set somebody up. Dang, we could. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's Old DB. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Old catch Bams. Him. Yeah, I'm gonna catch him. Uh, no, that, but they are pretty cool, and it's it's actually pretty easy setup as long as your um, debit card hasn't been compromised by some other company who tried to fraud you. Yeah, it, it works pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, if Brian Coke doesn't stop sending me text messages right now, I'm about to beat him up. We about to go up there and just beat him up. <laughs> we dude. are. We're, We're gonna like, do some Map Scout challenge stuff yeah, with him. Like eight days from that or something like that yeah. right now. I mean, when this comes out, we'll be like okay about about there next week. So this is gonna come out on Thursday the seventh or something like that. Um, maybe eighth. I don't know. Whatever that Thursday is after the Fourth of July. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to have production uh, Friday and Saturday with our whole crew. Eric, Chris, and Hunter are all going to be with us. We might have to try to podcast sometime during yeah, all that. We and definitely then, should. Um, then shortly thereafter, we're headed <clears throat> to Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan to go Map Scout Challenge. If you're in that area or whatever, holler at us. If you got a cool place we need to go or if you want to high-five us while we're going down the road or whatever, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and we'll do that. If there's... I don't know if that's Casey's country or not. Yeah, I don't know either. I hope it is. If not, we might need the tips. It's probably on, like Guggenschlagens or oh, something. Oh, something weird, you know. Yeah, like, oh, look, <laughs> up here we pickle cheese. It's real good, you know. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? Where's they, the fried stuff, you there's know? There's people hating right oh, now, nah. man. We're just kidding. We're it's just kidding. Good. We love our Michigan friends. Hey, I'm Sam actually, Hogan, one of our favorite oh, people. Yeah, for sure, especially if he gets us on a big boat this, this next week. Uh, but Big uh, buck, too. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Um, I'm actually about to go home, or not home. We're going to go to my parents' house and eat all kinds of Yankee food. So I don't know. But this is like an intentional Yankee food thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if y'all don't know, I am a half breed. I am half Yankee and half Southerner. My mom is from Minnesota, born in Alaska. Okay. (laughs) You ever watch Turtle Man? Have you ever watched the Turtle Man actual original video? No, I don't think so. (laughs) He does this segment where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm half Rebel Indian, half. uh, Half Cherokee, you know, half Union, that's Yankee. And he, like, ends up being, like, a person and a half by the time he's done talking about all the different breeds. (laughs) That's funny. That's me. Yeah, for sure. That's all right. Um, But so my parents just went on vacation up there to uh, see my mom's family uh, and my my mom's best friend and stuff is up there. And um, they brought home smoked salmon and pickled herring. Potato sausage, lefsa, krumkaka, all this stuff. I've never had any of that. Have you not? I don't think so. I need to bring you some stuff. Yeah, if you got sure. extras. So lefsa is like a Norwegian tortilla, but made with a potato base and not a flour base. Mm, that can't be bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's real good. And it's it's toasted like that, you know. Mm. Um, krumkaka is really good as well. It's a dessert cookie that's kind of semi-sweet. Is that um, from Kamchatka? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, and then all kinds of other stuff. Pickled, you never had pickled herring? Mm-mm. Dude, let me tell you something. That sounds weird, pickled fish, but it is so good. Really? That, just eat them straight? Or do you I'll put them eat on it something? like whatever, but you do a cracker, maybe yeah. some sour cream or uh, cream cheese or mustard or whatever. Like, mm. I'm pretty sure any of you northerners that listen, you can probably confirm or deny, but I'm pretty sure they keep pickled herring in bars like kind of on the counter like you see peanuts or something like that sometimes mm. like it's a thing people eat like in the really old timey bars and hmm. stuff yeah but uh anyways potato sausage <clears throat> is like sausage with some potato in it of course mm-hmm. and then uh all the good stuff i mean you've had smoked salmon yeah oh last november i had um 
some candied salmon. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yep, I do. Oh, man. Yeah, no. That's the good Oof. stuff. It's, it's really, I hate this de- definition, or I hate this word, but it's very rich. Hey, okay. you're using it. It is. You're using it, it. But in that sense, it's like richness is, um, I think the the proper way to use that is a food that has so much flavor and intensity that you cannot get full on it before you are, your palate is overwhelmed. So if I can use that definition, it's very rich. I don't want to eat a meal of candied salmon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's too rich for that. Yeah. But I would like to eat a couple pieces of it. Yeah. 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 So mm. Mm, that anyways, that's <laughs> we're gonna try to go up what on the Map Scout Challenge. I know it's getting close. Ugh. I'm hit over there at six. Twenty six um, minutes. Till I'm gonna I hit eat. up the <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna try to uh maybe get our own salmon or salmon as I've called them most of my life. <laughs> really? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I know people who call them that. Uh I mean <laughs> I've got a story for you. <laughs> Oh, we got to tell us on the podcast. Okay. This is an Emory Legends story, okay, from where we're from. But <laughs> my wife showed me this Facebook post yesterday of this guy who took some pretty cool pictures of the storm that came in. And she's like, look, this guy used the wrong silent letter. And he spelled the word, word gnarly, but it was K-N, not G. <laughs> 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 so it was gnarly, <laughs> and it was that's hilarious oh, dude, to me. That is epic. That is the most as a range. He knew. Thing. He, he knew it was something there, <laughs> man. Right. It's like he could hear it. He, you know? It was. It was so bad that he might may have been joking and messing around. <laughs> okay. You know, like who knows? But it was funny. Oh. But anyways, that kind of reminds me of the the salmon salmon thing. It's like mm-hmm. if it's going to be silent, why, why not use a fun letter? You know, <laughs> yeah. put, put a put a Z in there yeah, or something for real. You know, why got to be an L? Like, is that? A, did you just mess up writing? I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like. Held their pen down too long, and the original. I think the natives used to used to just say it wrong. Yeah, that's how it was actually Maybe spelled. And they said it wrong. That must be it. That have to be. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that uh, with that, I have no smooth transition. So we might as well just get Isaac on the phone. What do you say? That salmon's right to me. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, y'all, before we get Isaac on the phone here, I wanted to let you know that if you use code Element all caps, you do get 10% off of your Vector order. So go check out VectorCustomShop.com. Now let's get Isaac on the phone. All right, now on the phone we have got Isaac Smith with Vector Custom Shop. Isaac, is it raining there too? Uh, it has been raining. Thank thank the Lord. It's been so dry. I mean, I feel like that's a story everywhere pretty much. Yeah, yeah, man. But, we've uh, We had probably a good stint of it being kind of dry as well, but the last couple of days it's been nice and wet and how, how are y'all related? Uh, by <clears throat> Noah, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> good, good answer. Good answer. Yeah. We're brothers in Christ, you know. Of course, yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, man. Uh, but no, I don't know. We have not traced the parentage back very very far. I was um, just wondering because there's not many Smiths in the world. There's so. not. Yeah. Do yeah. you have any? Honestly, uh, any... <laughs> at this point, you kind of stop realizing that somebody's name is Smith. Like <laughs> you really do. They're everywhere. You don't even acknowledge it anymore. It's just like, yeah, we're both named Smith. Yeah. No, I didn't like straight up. Todd was like, "Is his last name Smith? Really?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, it is." I forget that that's my last name as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. you know these people who are like Shishevskys uh, or whatever. Like they have a lot of like you know family pride in their last name, and we're all like, "Yep, yeah. there's a bunch of us who are terrible and a bunch of us who are cool." So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, yeah, uh, sure. I grew up. Uh, 
in the nineties, you know, like a lot of us did. I think you're about our age, but you know, Emmett Smith was real cool in the nineties, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought it was real cool to also have Smith oh, yeah. on my jersey as a kid. You know, <laughs> they didn't let me have twenty two very often though. I was usually yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. So oh, you know, yeah. Jerry's never given me any money, even though it's in our family <laughs> name. Right. You know, but whatever. Yeah. So Isaac, um, you have quite an interesting history when it comes to archery stuff you kind of just have a unique approach to things and you and i like to nerd out about um arrows and uh components and hunting tactics and all kinds of stuff man so why don't you tell us a little bit about like kind of where you come from how you grew up and you know how you came to hunting yeah for sure um well i live in wisconsin now i've been here for about five years um but i grew up in indiana and uh lived in the country and had a, had a longbow as a kid and would, you know, shoot, you know, all kinds of critters that my parents didn't want me to shoot. And <laughs> just, you know, it was, it was a, it was a blast. I had a lot of adventures in the woods just, you know, by myself. And I loved reading books like hatchet and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, I don't know, just had a, a wild, you know, youth and just you know love being in the woods love fishing i mean fishing is kind of more accessible to young people i think so I, i've just fished a ton and uh yeah just you know archery was kind of always just part of being a kid and living in the country and um and i did do a little bit of uh competing um but that was kind of on this you know it, it was a a short season and mostly just kind of run around in the woods with with the trad bow and, you know, have wild adventures. So yeah, that was, you know, as a kid, I, I just loved it. And, um, you know, through high school and college, like kind of got away from it, uh, did a lot of fishing through those years and got really into fly fishing. And, um, oh. but, uh, have you we know, talked then, that much about that? Because maybe we need to talk <laughs> more about that. Uh, you know, maybe when we're growing up because, uh, I think so. It's yeah. kind of one of our I think, man. I think Vector should make some fly rod blanks. You know That's what, what I mean? I'm talking about. That's what I think. Man, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> But oh. that sounds fun. Maybe that's uh, down the road. Yeah, yeah but, man, for sure. But, you, man, I I love fly fishing. I just it's uh, I get get lost out there. Just you know, lose track of time. That's mm-hmm. that's really how bow hunting is now too. It's like it's, it's such a like a zen like you know it's it's really a spiritual experience i i uh i know you guys feel the same way it's just you know being out in nature and experiencing you know just the way that things were made to be the way god intended like the world to be it's what it feels like when you're out there it's just like i don't know you you can't explain somebody you just gotta you know that's why I, I I feel like my wife doesn't quite get it, you know, because uh, anytime she's tagged along, it was early enough in the season to be pretty buggy. Mm-hmm. And, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. The uh, you know one time my wife yeah. went with me, it was the exact same thing. It was like three days after opener, so October 3rd, 90 degrees, yeah. buggy. 
and we sat in the tree stand too long, and she doesn't see very well because, I mean, you can tell she married me, so she doesn't see good. And uh, it's gotten pretty dark, and she, it took me 10 minutes to talk her down because she just wouldn't take that first step out of the stand. Eventually, it comes to, well, you can either stay up there all night or you can come down here with me and go back to the truck, yep. you know? Yeah, that's a good tactic to make sure that she doesn't go back with you, whether you want that or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, – yeah, it's it's been a good experience coming back to archery and bow hunting, and yeah, you know, uh, in co- in my college years, and then um, afterward, and and then Indiana. We weren't in an awesome area for um, deer hunting. I know Indiana is great for deer, but um, there just wasn't a lot of culture around it in mm-hmm. our community either, and so kind of just didn't really have like resources, you know, available to me to really dig in but we moved up here and it was like just jumped in the deep end you know wisconsin mm. is that's white tail hunting country you yeah. know just did you a uh, lot of people into it up here so whenever yeah. you were a kid you know running around with a longbow did you like shoot and eat groundhogs is that a thing people did up there i shot a lot of groundhogs man but uh i don't come from a hunting family yeah. and so the thought of eating them was so like detestable to my uh, parents that I think they just, you know, I just kind of got used to not eating them, but I would actually really like to try it. Cause I think it was, uh, I saw Steve Rinella post a recipe and it was like a crock pot thing or something. He did like, it was like, it looked like pulled pork. They look like a eating critter. Like they just look like you should eat yeah. them. You yeah. know, they're kind of fat. And- yeah. Kind of like a fat rabbit or yeah, something. Yeah, with for no sure. ears. Dude, I um I think like this is this is kind of something that I uh struggle with too. It's like I grew up kind of doing the same thing, like shooting, you know, my mom said don't ever shoot a Robin because that was her best friend growing up was named Robin. And uh <laughs> and she didn't want me to shoot mockingbirds because it's a state bird. And then everything else was pretty much fair game. And so yeah. I shot a bunch of like small birds with my BB guns and pellet guns, like, yep. you know, and obviously didn't eat them and probably could have, you know, I'm sure, but like, uh, never did. And I kind of had this like a <clears throat> little bit of remorse every time, but I, I really, you know, I don't know. I think about it a lot now, especially now that I've got a son, I'm like, man, I gained so much like. Uh, just like, I guess you call it woodsmanship when it comes to like, sca- uh, stalking the birds oh, in the trees man. and then like also sure. just marksmanship and, you know, pulling the trigger like thousands of times shooting at birds and stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. I remember one time I was shooting with my buddy, um, out on the dock and all these little swallows were like flying around and we always shot at them. We never thought we would hit one. And my buddy just dropped one with a BB gun one time and we freaked out. It was the coolest thing ever. You know, like I can't believe yeah. you hit that with one BB. And so, um, and of course we didn't eat that either. And so like, I kind of struggle with this, like, you know, I want my son to be out yeah. in the outdoors and shooting stuff and learning how to be a marksman and learning how to stalk and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I don't want to teach a lesson that's, uh, you know, kind of yeah. like, well, we can just shoot stuff and just, you know, throw it away or you whatever. You do a good job of this, though. You talk about this a lot. Like, you know, you and I have both lost deer to coyotes, and it's like nothing really goes to waste. Yeah. There's no such thing as, as waste in this, uh, you know, this machine that God created where, like, you know, there's, right. everything's cyclical. So, and 
if uh, like we talked about this with like the Franken Frankenstein buck that I shot in eighteen, sure. Like the the those coyotes that ate that deer that night didn't eat rabbits or didn't hunt for rabbits and then didn't kill rabbits that they would have eaten. So there's things that like survive. They only need so much food, right? So I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we may be just justifying the fact that we want to just go shoot stuff, you know, but, uh, and shooting stuff's fun, which that's why we, you know, are talking to you is cause we're going to talk about shooting stuff with, with arrows, but I just kind of, yeah. that's one I just kind of, you know, side note here. I just, I, I struggle with like what I should do with that and probably need to figure it out at some point. Yeah. You know, but for sure. Anyway, so yeah. you, uh, you shot a bunch of groundhogs and stuff like that growing up <laughs> and then now you're getting back into, this whole spiritual experience of, of being out, outside, seeing creation, hunting, um, you know, I, I yeah, honestly it just feels like being a kid again. It feels like yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's like being in a candy shop. It's just, <laughs> yeah, the dream, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just ate up and having a blast and last, uh, bunch of years been, you know, learning so much and just, you know, been kind of back into bow hunting for like, I think seven years now. Yeah. What, Man, it's just so much fun. So, what kind of FOC are you seeing that you need for groundhogs? <laughs> Ooh, good question. <laughs> you know, uh, it's been a while. I haven't shot one for a while. <laughs> Man, I'm what? sure that now my setup would be overkill. But, do they have a yeah. do they have a season or like can we come up there like in March and shoot groundhogs? Oh, there's no season up here. Oh baby. Mm. Man, we could load uh, up. If they're good to eat, you could load up on something. We're gonna need you to test. Oh man. We're gonna need you to test. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just I just think of them as like a varmint, like a coon or something. Yeah. yeah. So how is that uh you know, your uh, I hate to use this phrase, right? But your adult onset of hunting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's the thing that that's one of those catchy things people say nowadays. Um, how has that gone for you? Like the past seven years of archery hunting, like tell me about that experience. Oh, it's freaking awesome, man. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I'm having a blast. Have I not said that already? Oh, mm-hmm. you have. You have for sure. I want some deets though. I want some deets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've, uh, been really fortunate, uh, just got on a bunch of deer. I've still never shot a deer with a rifle. Um, just cause I was always, you know, the bow was like, so a part of the experience. So just not terribly interested in gun hunting. I love guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but gun hunting, I don't know. It's, I'm just kind of ate up with the, the bow. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fun, man. I just like to get close and, um, got a, Got a couple of nice deer. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, I'm really just, yeah. What's your? I'm uh, learning. So, what's your kill count? You, have you killed some does and some bucks, or or what do you? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably like a dozen. That's cool. A dozen deer. Yeah. yeah. And I got a nice buck last year. He's like a hundred thirty-five inch eight pointer. Wow. Yeah, that's a great um, buck, man. Yeah. Yeah. And. uh it's kind of a cool story because uh, there was like a it, what would have been a state record deer was mm. a deadhead was found here in our county in in Wisconsin, southern Wisconsin. It was like a two hundred fifty something inch deadhead. Mm. Oh my! And mm. I got some intel on where this deadhead was found, and it was on public ground. And 
um, somebody from church, their nephew, you know, found it and, you know, he was an outdoor life and all that stuff written up about it. And the pictures are insane. You can Google it. But oh, I've seen this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know which, which one. Yeah. You're about. yeah, man. Yeah. That's not far from my home. And so, uh, I, I think it was November 14th or 15th last year in 2020. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, because of vector, uh, work just, you know, I didn't get to hunt a ton last year. So I think it was like one of my six sits last, last year in Wisconsin, at least that did, did go out to Colorado. But, um, I, you know, it was November 15th. I hike out to this, you know, area in this swamp where they said that head was found and I just, you know, kind of scouting with my bow and, uh, get out to this Oak Island in the middle of a marsh. And it's like, you know, I kind of walk up on the land and I had my waders on and, uh, just like maybe 30 seconds, I hear crash, crash, crash. I look up and there's a, a buck chasing a bow, a doe is about to run right past me. So I just kind of stepped behind a tree and drew my bow and stopped a bucket eight yards and, <sighs> Oh my gosh. Oh, he didn't even know what hit him. Oh, that is too cool. Oak Island is like, uh, you know, maybe half an acre and there's acorns everywhere. And, and, uh, just every tree, it just seems like it's all rubbed up and Mm. just the buck nest. And so I left the camera and got some sweet pictures. There's just a bunch of bucks in there, but that's cool, man. It's, it's, so just things like that, learning to find like the right areas and, you know, know what the deer are looking for. And, you know, that's picturesque too, you know, like it was awesome. Like you need to write like back page or something for one of the magazines, (laughs) like, you know, put on your waders and wait it out there and shot it, you know, like that's cool. What date was that on? That was a November 14th or 15th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good time. It was like a day or two before, rifle season open yeah. so that's mm-hmm. kind of my last ditch effort like man i have hardly been able to hunt you know like all through the rut and i was kind of kicking myself and like i'll oh, just you know just go explore take my bow see where i see and yeah boom happened in you know 30 minutes <laughs> so 30 minutes from the car like so cool what was your approach to uh kind of learning I guess, uh, I don't want to say how to hunt because you kind of, but uh, you know, maybe how to hunt whitetail with archery gear, you know, like, are you, uh, go out there and trial and error type guy or, I mean, I kind of know what your answer is going to be. Cause we talk a lot and I know you're a research type <laughs> guy, but like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, about that. Like when, you know, throughout those years, when did you feel like you were kind of ready to go out and, you know, just do this thing on your own and you could go make your own inference, inferences, inferences and stuff. Goodness. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think, well, I, I didn't shoot anything for, I think the first two seasons, mm-hmm. I didn't even get close to anything. And that was probably like tw- 2010, um, 2010 to 2012, like didn't, you know, I was f- so frustrated and just enjoyed being out there. And that's kind of what kept me going. But but then I started, I started find like the DeQuistos and like caught onto the mobile hunting thing. And like that whole philosophy just like changed everything and, you know, being able to really just adapt on the go and kind of take a more tactical approach, just really kind of made it into a whole different game for, for me. And it just, just felt so much more engaging. Like I'm not just sitting here 
and like my wife thinks I'm doing like, uh, <laughs> you know, like she's got, you know, and just like most other people, anybody who's not a hunter, you think like, oh, I'm just going to go sit there. What do mm-hmm. you just, you just sit there, drink beer. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, no, in South Texas, super, you do. <laughs> this is aggressive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> most people in Wisconsin do too, probably yeah. that's more gun hunting, uh, guys, I think, but man, I, I, it's just, that mobile hunting element, man, that just changes everything. And then when the saddle kind of got big and saddles are everywhere now, it's like, and it really does make such a big difference to be able to, you know, hike out, scout as you hunt and get on the fresh shot, fresh sign and, you know, make it happen. It's, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's man, so cool for man. sure. Hey, real quick, guys, I was going to let you guys know that we will be doing a kind of scouting session, um, kind of a clinic, I guess, for lack of a better term. We're going to be hanging out at the Hagerman National Wildlife Refuge here in North Texas on August 14th. If you are interested in coming out, scouting some public ground with us, and then also doing a bunch of Onyx Q&A, looking at the maps, maybe even some saddle stuff with the cruisers, talking about how to hunt and shoot out of a saddle. On August 14th, if you're interested in doing that with us, then you can go to our website, theelementwild.com, check out the shop or store link and you can buy an event ticket for that event in august and we will see you there you know that saddle stuff you man you you hit on man that's i mean you hit it on the on the head man it's not that i won't hunt out of a stand again i know i will and i i killed a big deer out of stand last year but man that um saddle stuff is cool especially like as they as they get more comfortable you know like as people start to figure yeah. out how to make these things more comfortable like we're working with cruiser this year and they're um you know the ones that i've tried at least they are for sure the com- most comfortable and that's going to help me a lot um for a lot of different reasons we've talked about in several videos there's <laughs> not a guy who likes to sit there very long <laughs> no i don't man i'm just yeah thinking the oh, whole time sure. no same same for me it's like but to have the freedom to be like, oh, I haven't seen anything for three hours. I think I'm going to move. Like, yep. that just keeps it so much more interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, and to, yeah, just to have that ability and not, I remember like hike lugging a stand around, even though it was like a pretty light stand setup. It's still like once you're in the tree, you're thinking, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything for three hours, but I just set my whole stand up. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just stay here, you know? <laughs> yeah. It gives the, you the, the saddles like totally different. It's like, Oh, just take three minutes. I'll, you know, be walking to the next spot. So yeah. It gives you gumption. That's man. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. For man. Sure. I actually had a pretty sweet setup, but about a year ago when I started vector, I, I sold everything like that I could put on eBay and, you know, just to put everything into this idea, this, you know, vector, um, and like down to like any piece of like camo or anything, anything worth anything. I just sold it all. So I'm kind of like rebuilding my kit now. And like, I'm looking at that cruiser thinking that's probably going to be the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a bad. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They're cool, man. For sure. Are like you, uh, so were you ground bound last year when you shot that deer? Like you didn't really have a setup and you were just, you know, hunting from the ground a bunch. No, I think I was borrowing a saddle for November. Yeah. 
Um, I can't remember what kind it was, but yeah, yeah, obviously didn't end up using it. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did, so I want to talk a little bit about the access on that deal from that hunt. So, you yeah. know, later access <laughs> is, is kind of like, that's pretty cool, man. You know, it's not something everybody does down here, but like, is that a thing that Wisconsin's are kind of used to just doing and having, putting their waders on to go hunting because it's marshy or like? Um, yeah, it's, well, in Wisconsin, I mean, we're in the southern part of the state. There's a lot of agriculture. I mean, it's corn and beans pretty much. Um, and there's a lot of public land around here, but pretty much all the public land is just what couldn't be farmed. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much like marshy. Uh, but it's it's this really, really cool area because there's just ag everywhere. And then public land that's super marshy is like heavy bedding. And if you get into, you know, in deep enough in that marshy stuff, there's just, you know, islands, areas that are, a little bit higher elevation where it's dry and you get these giant oak trees that drop acorns. And then that's just like a major like feeding spot for all these deer back in the marsh. It's, it's interesting, man. And, and most people just don't want to hike back there and I don't blame them because you know, you gotta, um, sometimes kayak, sometimes, you know, have waders or actually, uh, a couple times I've just taken like really heavy duty garbage bags and stuffed them in my backpack. And, uh, when I want to wade something, just put a leg in each garbage bag and hold them up and walk across and then <laughs> roll them back up. And, it's a pretty good know. idea. It's yeah. better than doing like the potato race style with one garbage bag. You know, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. For it's sure. a good way to eat water. <laughs> It's a good way to uh, get soaked. Yeah. So, no, I, so yeah, there's a lot of water. And I mean, if you're hunting public, that is like obviously, you know, yeah. private's kind of a different deal. But Should, and I had a couple of permission on a couple of properties, but I'm, I've uh, just it's fun being on public because there's that just aspect of exploring. You yeah. Know, just having lots more space that you, than you'll ever. I'm glad you said that because that is what I like about it too. Mm -hmm. People sometimes really enjoy the competition side of public land, and that's my least favorite part. (laughs) If I could have all that land to myself, that would be great Mm -hmm. outside of the whole hunter recruitment problem that people like to rage about, you know. But, like, you know, if that wasn't an issue, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I am not one of those people's like, oh, I love it because it's anybody's deer, you know, and I go kill it, you know. I like the solitude yeah. and exactly what you're talking about, the exploring thing. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know, I grew up hunting on, you know, little tiny leases here in East Texas where you got like 40 acres and you just sit in your your own spot all season long and wait on a deer to come by. Oh, and man, you, you for just, sure. It's so hard to learn that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's like, the, I mean, at least half of what's addicting about this stuff to me is like learning the spot, you know? and. Mm-hmm what's happening here like and that's pretty uh pretty addicting are you seeing are you seeing them still feed on acorns in that mid-november time period on those um islands um it kind of depends on the year because sometimes there's a lot more acorns than other years you almost said it (laughs) almost got you acorns dang it (laughs) (laughs) i heard you i'm gonna start saying y'all and dude 
dude. Oh, you need to. Wait, y'all don't say dude up there? <laughs> no, bro. just not like you do. Oh. <laughs> bro. Hey, dude. <laughs> That's funny. What, uh, so, uh, we were scouting Illinois and Indiana a couple weeks back, cool. and, um, we figured out there's a whole new type of oak tree up there that we don't even know about called a shingle oak. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't, we've never seen that. We didn't even know what it was. We had to look it up, and half the time we we're misidentifying it as a beach. But, um, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like, Hank Williams when, Jr. I know this is real specific, and we don't like to get into this much detail a lot of times, but for our own personal stuff, like, how, how much do deer. <laughs> eat shingle oaks like where are they at in the preferential and like when do those fall do you know much about that i have no idea man yeah. it's a <laughs> it's a it blows my mind you know it's like well it's a whole new food source i don't have a clue what it does you know mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that term shingle oak okay well then yeah. maybe it's a uh, pretty specific they're like an oak tree that doesn't have any lobes to the leaves they're kind of like just one weird it's more like yeah. a fat willow yeah oak leaf yeah yeah um so are you like using Onyx to find those islands or what are you doing exactly when you go out there to explore? Um, yeah, Onyx and, uh, sometimes like Google maps just has like a different image and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Onyx has been amazing. I mean, oh, yeah, especially to find like just where public land is because a lot of it's not marked here or like there's a DNR lease or something mm-hmm. that's private land, but you can hunt it. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that that's yeah. where it's you know you barely ever see any people yeah on those spots and they're just highly overlooked so yeah that yeah. and that marsh country like you can figure out some legit trail action with onyx and and you know really any aerial oh, yeah. map you know yeah. like that's i feel like that's the way to look at that island stuff we have a good friend from michigan who uh, he's a public land killer, man, and he would never know because he just laughs all the time. You know, he like <laughs> smiles and laughs. That's all he does. <laughs> Sam Hogan, he's actually on that hog hunt you were talking about earlier. Yep. Um, he, he's the guy that you're um, on the phone with. I was on the phone with. It's uh, like they're headed your way, and I was like, ah! You know? <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, yeah. he uh, he does that all the time. Like he just you know looks at the maps and just looks for these places where there's an island with a bunch of trails going to it, and goes and kills deer and just laughs it off. You know, you kind of got back into hunting and have been doing it for a little while. Why did you decide to kind of go down this path of, uh, or maybe this vector, if I could say. Whoa. Right? Uh, Whoa. To, use the, to use the term appropriately. Uh, of, why'd, you, why'd you want to build arrows, man? Yeah, so uh, getting back into archery and stuff, you know, in the early 2010s, like I... I I went right to the full metal jacket, um, shot some deer with it. Didn't really have any problems, uh, with like what was available widely on the market. Um, and, but what I had a problem with was just the process of finding what worked for me. And I'd see guys on YouTube, you know, have such a high degree of accuracy and I'd, you know, watch like a slow-mo video of an arrow coming off a bow and think, well, why doesn't mine do that? Like it, it, I don't know. And I was frustrated with the equipment. I was frustrated with the, my arrows and not understanding or, you know, even having the tools or access to tools that I could build my own and really go down the rabbit trail. So, um, I just, it was always in the back of my head. Like, why isn't there like a 
arrow company that would just send me the arrows like ready to shoot where I don't have to take them to the shop to get them cut to length. And, you know, how do I know how heavy my insert should be? Or like, if I want to change the weight of my broadhead, then that means I can't just like look at the spine chart anymore. Like, um, you know, stuff like that. So it's, there's some level of physics and, and sciencey stuff that I, I still am wrapping my head around, um, at least at some level, like, um, you know, that it's kind of over the heads of a lot of the, you know, average hunter out there who, who wants to have a good experience in the woods. They don't want to wound deer. I mean, nobody wants to wound deer, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of the tools are available, um, these days, be it, you know, certain, broadheads or you know super lightweight flimsy not durable shafts things like that was i don't know i wanted to make a product but also a process that made great performance available to the average hunter who does not care to go down the rabbit hole and read the Ashby reports and, you know, understand, um, the, you know, the tool that they're using yeah, you know, on yeah. that next level, or they don't want to do the math. You don't want, they don't want to so, um, buy an arrow saw, things like that, that, um, so with Vector, we've, we've kind of, we've put out a, an arrow model, our first of hopefully several more to come in the next year, but, Ooh. um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the, the idea is, you know, when you buy arrows from vector, they come built to your specs. Mm -hmm. So that means they fit your draw length. They were taking into account what kind of broadhead you're going to use, um, or what kind of game you're hunting. Like those things matter when you're building an arrow because, you know, the arrow is the only piece that touches the deer. we we just obsess about our bows and we, you know, so many people buy a new bow every year and then they, you know, get a box of arrows that, you know, is, you know, they cheap out on the arrow, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and they're going to just keep having the same experience in the woods, no matter uh, what bow they shoot, you know, because it's all about the arrow. Yeah. So, so for the people who might not know, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't want you to go into excessive detail cause it's, you know, pages long. Well, let's ask this Tyler. Do you know who it Ashby is? No. Okay. Sorry. See, no, that's okay. You don't have to. That's the whole point of vector, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I just yeah. am supposed to, I'm supposed to know. No, probably, you're not. You know, dude, you killed five giant bucks last year. So like, don't <laughs> four, worry. Four, 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 one, one, <laughs> four and a quarter or something like that. <laughs> you know, four but, and a quarter. Like, I wanted to say that not to embarrass you, but to like, kind of give that as an example, yeah, yeah. it's like, not everybody's going to go down that path and it's okay. But Isaac, you know, just kind of, to explain, you, you, you named drop, drop that while ago, you know, like what is, what is the Ashby report and like, what's, what's that detail? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, for decades, um, you know, decades ago, especially like through the seventies, Ed Ashby was doing, he, he was just a guy, a normal guy who was really passionate about bow hunting. He is actually a doctor um texan too what's that he's a texan too yes sir that's right it's important uh, that's right 
<laughs> essential detail. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was, you know, passionate about bow hunting. And around that time, it was, you know, bow hunting was perceived to be far less ethical than gun hunting because, you know, how could it be as lethal or humane of a way to put an animal down? Um, and so it was illegal to bow hunt on most of the planet. Um, but so, uh, Ed Ashby, we're kind of on this mission to, um, change the way bow hunting was perceived and, you know, through research and, uh, reporting on, you know, what turned out to be decades of research, he did show that bow hunting could be the most ethical way, uh, to harvest game. And so his, his, uh, his reports are, you know, there's hundreds of pages written by him and, and people now at the Ashby Foundation um, on ethical bow hunting. And a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, some of the hot button terms that you hear thrown around the Internet these days. Heavy arrows, high FOC, um, single bevel blade broadheads, things like that. Um, he popularized a lot of that. Um and a lot of, uh, you know, all, all of his research was done with traditional equipment. Um, and so it, it was really uh, more focused on, you know, how do you kill a giant buffalo with um, 45 to 55 pound longbows and recurves, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. that puts a, a whole lot of emphasis on the arrow. Um, and that's uh, it's really why they landed at certain numbers like... Um, you know, one of the 12 rules of, uh, arrow penetration is 650 grains and above. That's like the bone brushing, uh, bone breaking threshold. Mm-hmm. Is what he it. So like, you know, if you want to be able to penetrate anything, you have to be above or anything hard, like a large bone, a scapula, leg bones, you have to be above a certain, you know, weight, which I think a lot of that has changed uh, with modern bow technology. There's so much more energy going to that arrow. So I think certain things change, but but he uh, he really changed the conversation around what is ethical. You know, there's several countries in Africa that legalized bow hunting. Um, and I believe Russia is on the list, too. Russia legalized bow hunting because of his research and um, I don't know. It's, it, he's, he's a fascinating guy, real character. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to understand all those things that went into making an arrow effective mm-hmm. and making a humane, ethical and efficient, fast harvest, you know? Yeah. And bringing that into kind of a new era where, you know, we're not necessarily advocating for a 650 grain arrow anymore. But like 550 is pretty sweet, you know, like 550 grain arrows. You're going to, excuse me, you're going to be able to, <laughs> you said it, Tyler. Um, and, uh, you know, 550 grain arrow, you can shoot anything, you know, North America with that. And yeah. uh, out of, you know, a relatively low poundage bow, like if you have a good broadhead with an appropriate mechanical advantage, like, there are other elements like it's a it's an ecosystem a a, a system you know mm-hmm. so that arrow is so important and there's there's a little bit of math involved in just getting the right 
aero, the right FOC to have awesome aero flight, um, accuracy, and to have the confidence that when you hit where you're aiming at, it's going to go through it and ideally all the way through it, you know, out the other side. Tell me about that math. I mean, that stuff that's, you could, you know, everyone can kind of work through if they wanted to and take the time, right? But that's kind of one of the things that you are doing is to try to help take that edge off. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let me look up this here. Pinwheel. So, I started to understand this much better when I started using pinwheel software. If you go to pinwheelsoftware.com, they make a software called, um, SFAX. It's like software for archers. There's a 10 day free trial. You'll, you'll learn so much just downloading that software for the trial and messing with like insert weight and changing your setup on there. And you can actually play with the vector arrow, um, in you just like import a 300 spine vector arrow. That's cool. And you can, you can change like the insert weight and see what that does to your spine and total arrow weight. When I Google pinwheel, that. it comes up with uh, cinnamon rolls. So you can probably oh, yeah. no. throw the software Pinwh- on the back of it. <laughs> Pinwheelsoftware.com. Yeah. It's a super cool software. And, and I, you know, it's kind of what got my gears turning. Like this tool just needs to be available on our site. Like where you just punch in, draw length, draw weight. How heavy is your broadhead? What are you hunting? Like it doesn't have to be any harder than that. And we should be able to get you extremely close to a perfect arrow setup by running the same, you know, or I don't have the same algorithm as Pinwheel, obviously that's theirs, but we, you know, spent the last year creating our own algorithm and I shouldn't say we really, I've had a lot of help from people who are smarter than me, but, (laughs) you know, agreed that this is a thing that should exist. And like, I've kind of got a team coming together, a dream team of just really smart people who, um, you know, are of the same mission and, and have been able to put that together where now you can do just that. you like, you don't have to do any math. You don't have to download any software. You can go on our site and, plug in, draw length, draw weight, point weight, and hit preview arrow, and it'll tell you how much it'll weigh, what spine, what insert you're going to get, and uh, if it looks good, add it to cart, we'll uh, build it for you. That's you know? cool. And yeah. it's just ready to shoot, you know, and I just wish I had something like this like 10 years ago, though, when I was like kind of getting back into it, you know, 8, 10 years ago. It, it would have really uh, helped me on that learning curve because I think I would have been a lot more successful and I think I would have had a way better time in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what it's all about, you know, just helping people have a better experience in the woods and, and you know, ideally make cleaner kills. Like, um, I think bow hunting kind of under attack for all these uh, – YouTube videos, a deer running away with a, you know, nocturnal sticking out of it. Yeah. And, uh, and then you never find it. And there's blood, but, oh, man, can't find it. Bummer. And, you, you know, people quit a little too fast sometimes. And I don't know. But yeah. it doesn't have to be like that. You put two holes in a deer with a good broadhead and and uh, 
you know, things change, you know, it, you find a lot more of those deer. That's yeah. for sure. What is the, you know, um, I think any good scientific process has a specific end goal in mind, right? Like the, you're building a good arrow, but like, what is that arrow specifically designed to do to give you the, the most efficient an effective um, projectile or, you know, because yeah. the, the thing is, is you're not going for speed, right? Like if you're a speed guy, first sure. of all, you shouldn't be. And second of all, like this isn't going <laughs> to be the thing for you, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, to an extent, I think uh, we're, we're trying to bridge the gap a little bit, but uh-huh. I can't get too far into that Woo-hoo! at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think future uh, arrows that we put out, we're working on some that are lighter shafts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some but, cool name yeah. ideas for you for those, by the way, in case you, you okay. want those. Yeah, yeah, like like what? What do you got? Uh, so HMR for hammer, you know, you could do an yeah. axe, AXE, be a little lighter than a hammer, okay. you know? For sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be good. That's awesome. <laughs> I, thought it, I, I like the axe. I also like... Um, the hatchet that's what yeah. i was thinking Hatchet would be cool oh, it goes with your book theme too yeah. you know uh, yeah i didn't even think of that that'd be uh that'd be a good uh homage i guess yeah so where it all started and then yeah man uh <sighs> i like that that's cool or the scalpel um well see now you're getting away from the three-letter thing so you know <laughs> i know you're willing to do that if that's the case man I, i've I got a whole spell hatchet with three letters man hatchet I can, I can make it happen. I promise. <laughs> but it might be letters that we don't use in English. So that's okay. Yeah, it's not an English language. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, specifically, um, it's really as simple as Ashby's 12 arrow penetration factors. And if you just search 12 factors of arrow penetration on the internet, you'll find a bunch of places where they're outlined and mm-hmm. kind of defined. But Structural integrity is number one. Arrow flight is number two. Arrow FOC is number three. And it goes on with some broadhead details like mechanical advantage. Um, we'll have to have you on another time to talk about that because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking a lot about that right now. I know we've talked about it a few times yeah. on the phone. but Yeah, man, that, it's, that's a very interesting one, like coming into a new age of – you know, broadheads are just so efficient now. Like the iron will, the the kudu point. Like, you know, even some that on paper don't have an ideal mechanical advantage, mm-hmm. they're just the, the you know hard to beat. So well, I don't know, man. The bumblebee tells you that not everything on paper is is what it seems, right? So like sure. the real yeah. world experience means a whole lot. And I think that's what matters with getting out here and shooting stuff with this. And that's like we were talking about off the phone the other day, like having pigs around is awesome because we get to do a lot of testing, like real world testing. And that's really what Ashby stuff goes back to is the real world world testing of shooting actual bones and actual animals yeah. with this stuff, you know, yeah. like uh, you can, you know, sit around and, and doodle on the paper and nerd out a lot, yeah. but like actually putting this stuff into practice is what makes the big difference. And I think that that's, what's cool about you and uh, you know, what some of, a lot of us do where we want to have something that works to the best of our abilities, but something that's also obtainable. 
and be able to use it and not just be a guy. Because we all know those forum guys, right? They have the sweetest setups of everything, but they oh, don't yeah. have enough. They don't spend enough time away from the keyboard to go, you know, actually use it, you know. And I think that that's the even mix that that we're going for here, and that's why I like, you know, what for you sure. have going at Vector, man. Yeah, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to make a a new level of hunting performance just available to the average Joe bow hunter who, mm-hmm. who wants to step up their game, have more success in the woods. Like, obviously that's important to all of us. Um, but this is an avenue where, um, I think that's really possible. And I think you guys, you guys shot a couple of them. I sent you like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were pretty, pretty on like out of the box. Right. Dude, like, you just like, we're like, uh, I think you like just looked at our uh, Instagram photo of us and we're like, ah, that's what these guys are going to need. You didn't even need our numbers, man. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was shooting them with broadheads out to 70 yards and just grouping yeah. really good, you know, and that man, was man. before yeah, we even plugged you. in the algorithm. That's just from Isaac's pure knowledge. So We were working on a, a trad bow setup for me until I exploded my bow. <laughs> yeah, you need a new bow now and then I'll... Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. Tread yeah. is kind of another animal that does take a little more testing because you don't have the same release every time. But yeah. on a compound, you really can get you know close to a hundred percent with a fancy calculator on the internet. Yeah. and it's kind of nuts, man. It's uh, it's if uh, if that's made accessible to people, I think I think it'll be really valuable. You know, and that's yeah. what we're trying. To do. Absolutely, and I mean, y'all have. Uh, you know, you've kind of found a way to make it accessible for a lot of folks. You you have test sure. packs and stuff like that. You know, if you're not convinced completely, uh, yep. then, you know, you can go to your website and spend, you know, a pretty minimal amount to be able to kind of test it out and see if it works for you, which is a really cool thing. But, uh, I mean. Yeah, that, for sure. And not, not to sound like a commercial here, but um, I I just think it works, man. Yeah. It's like, I it works for me. Uh, it's, it's helped a lot of our, our customers like just have a better experience in the woods and be more successful. Like 29 bucks for a test pack. I think you'll see the difference. They just sound different hitting your target, man. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> you're, uh, you're used to rolling down to Cabela's and getting something out of a box. Like, yeah, this is, it, it really changes things. So it does, man. It does for sure. Yeah. And, the, and the attention to detail that you, you pay, I think that's one of the cool things that you got going, man, is that it's a premium product at an approachable, not just approachable price, but you know, uh, just all aspects, you know, like it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, I can kind of customize the colors a little bit, or I can, you know, kind of play with point weight if I want to and, and yada, yada. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, we're going to do some real world testing here pretty soon. We've been putting out a little corn, trying to get the pigs in. And then, uh, I think, um, yes. you know, looking forward, um, we, we might spend a little time in hunting camp together this fall. If every, if all the uh, stars oh, align, right. I sure hope so, man. I cannot wait. I've been working like a dog. <laughs> uh, I know you have. <laughs> honest. I mean, we're, we're hiring, uh, for another, I think three positions right now. Oh man, that's awesome! It's crazy, man. It's it's uh, it's definitely struck a nerve. A lot of people are like, "Man, this is awesome! This is what we've been looking for." So yeah, um, yeah, we're trying to just you know. Well, 
if you're out there and you need a job and you're in southern wisconsin go (laughs) go talk to isaac because we want him to go to nebraska with us this year so hopefully we can uh all uh you know do a podcast again then but maybe around a couple dead deer you know and and just uh live it up man i tell you i we did this thing one time around a dead elk where we we all just ate supper and you know had campfire and just were podcasting after somebody killed an elk and it was like the baddest thing ever and i crave oh. that so we got to do that and without it but not elk you know whitetail in nebraska this <laughs> yeah, year for sure. yeah so cool man i know Sounds you got to get out of here so why don't you tell everybody where they can go check out what you got going on yeah for sure uh instagram vector custom shop um vectorcustomshop.com just reach out with any questions you got yeah awesome dude well we will link to that stuff below and of course you know you can follow him on instagram follow us on instagram we'll be talking about this stuff and experiment stuff a lot in the next coming months because it is arrow season man so mm-hmm. we really oh, yeah. appreciate your friendship dude and your partnership and everything that we're doing together i can't wait for what 2021 holds for all of us dude heck yeah oh yeah. me too man yeah i appreciate you guys and yeah i'm excited to watch you kill stuff (laughs) back at you dude i'm gonna shoot the first dink i can in nebraska that way i can be your cameraman because it's gonna be awesome oh yeah let's do it man yeah sweet awesome dude we'll be talking to you soon all right later guys thanks so if you are just a little bit vector curious and you want to check out what uh isaac and them have going on over there check out the post that was made on our social media the element wild or at the element wild and uh see if maybe you qualify for one of the giveaways that we're doing over there it's uh, we're going to post some stuff about some arrows and stuff uh uh so go over there and check out that post if you're curious about some vector stuff and uh, get yourself a couple of arrows maybe even a bunch of arrows who knows it just depends how crazy we get mm-hmm. um and uh check out some of that vector stuff for yourself um I'm ready, honestly, to stop talking about all of this stuff and actually hunt. It is that <laughs> yeah, point. We get to this point every year, and I feel like it's earlier than ever this year. Like, I'm so tired of talking about hunting. Not really. That's a lie. But uh, I would rather be hunting. Yeah. And, like, in fact, It's in easier March, to talk about hunting when you've been hunting. Yeah. It's uh, it's like, this point, I'm like, okay, well, we talked about everything from 2020. <laughs> yeah, so, now what do we do? And, well, that was the thing, too. In March, I'm like, uh, God, I don't know if I really need to talk about hunting right now. I'm ready to fish or whatever. But now I'm like, okay, it's time. Dude, but it feels, it's actually closer now than what it feels like because I've been so busy with the house and vacation. We're two and, months from hunting. I know, dude. That's no time. I know. Let's Ooh. go. <laughs> Let's, Let's go. go. Dude, literally by right now, two months, this is J- July 1st, we're recording this. Someone may, it's July, it's July 2nd. There's a good chance one of us has shot a deer. That's scary, dude. <laughs> In two months. So I'm Bell hot, dude. Bucks. I'm ready. If you want to figure out how to find deer, or maybe you want to brush up or you want to just hone your skills, okay? Uh, and not that we're experts, all right? But we deer hunt, y'all deer hunt, we all deer hunt, but we have a podcast that talks about it. Go check out <laughs> on Tuesdays, we're doing something in collaboration with Onyx directly. It's called Public Pins. We've been releasing, actually, released 
two of those so far where we do a really deep dive into map scouting and then convert that into boot scouting and how to label things on a map and that sort of thing. So if you haven't, go check those out. Those release every Tuesday, probably until mid-August or something like that. We talk about our best spots, man. Some of the spots that we find deer the most often and shoot them with bows. very, very whitetail-centric. Like probably some of the most detailed whitetail content that we do on podcast Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And it kind of collaborates somewhat with our Map Scout Challenge stuff, but is like the audio version of that in Mm -hmm. a way to really dial in that stuff. Because I know like straight up there are guys who are a lot better at like making moves in the woods to kill deer. But you and I have put a ton of work into being good at the mapping part of stuff because we like to travel around and go different places. And you don't have time to um, spend like two weeks really learning a property with your boots whenever you're traveling to new states a lot. Mm-hmm. So like the map becomes key. Yep. So if you're traveling somewhere this year, you have aspirations of hunting a new spot or you just want to, you know, try to scalp some of our best spots or whatever, go check out that Public Pins podcast because it actually was a lot of fun to put together. It was, yeah. yeah. There may still be some episodes we end up putting together, uh, but we have 10 weeks worth of those coming out. So we're pretty yeah. excited about it. Mm-hmm. Go check that out. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast through the app if you haven't already and you like what you're hearing, that means a lot to us, and it will probably give you an opportunity to win something in the future, possibly. (gasps) It has in the past, I know that, and we're looking at some new stuff. We want to make sure and help everybody out here before the season. So, with that, remember, this is your element. Living it. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds i like pot calls i just like pot calls i enjoy calling with a pot call whatever direction you go including a box call which i don't personally use too much but they're fun and great and i started out with them yanni on the other hand one of my main turkey hunting buddies he loves box calls and what's funny is i'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey so it's not that I don't like them. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.